Welcome to the DLA Piper Media Sport and Entertainment Podcast. In this series, we explore the latest trends and challenges facing businesses today and how we must evolve to meet them both in the short and longer term. Each episode, our leading lawyers and guest speakers from across the worlds of media, sport and entertainment discuss market and legal insight on a wide range of issues. We will take a deeper dive into these topics at our MSC Summit later this year. We encourage you to register for the summit by visiting www.dlapiper.com slash MSE Summit. Hi, everybody. I'm Nick Fitzpatrick, uh, Global Co-Chair of Media, Sport and Entertainment here at DLA Piper. I'm based in London, but I'm joined today by my colleagues, Michael Fleur and Alex Steinberg, representing respectively the Western East Coast of America. So you might say the two-pack and biggie smalls of NFTs. We're talking about NFTs today. So Michael and Alex and I have previously undertaken a number of sessions and uh, presentations talking through clients and friends, some of the nitty gritty of doing NFT deals and the background regulatory issues. That's not the purpose of today. What we thought we would do is reflect a little on where the market has got to with NFTs and then talk about some of the new issues that are cropping up. This is very much a prelude to the longer discussion we're going to be having at our media summit later on in the year, and we hope you'll be able to join us for that. But for now, I just want to turn to my colleagues and say hi. Thank you for joining today. And just to throw out the first question, really, which is, you know, we've now got into a situation with NFTs where we're perhaps beyond the initial, what I can only describe as a something of a frenzy we were in 12 months ago in terms of the market. We've experienced the crypto crash. Some of the issues that have started to arise in terms of regulatory backdrop and in terms of stability of some of the providers have started to emerge. So I just wanted to open the floor really with the first question, which is of the current issues you're seeing, what would you say is at the top of your agenda? Maybe, Michael, if you want to go first and then we can all chime in. Sure. So I I think we're going to talk in a bit and Alex is going to lead the discussion about some of the interesting issues we see on the commercial side, on the deal side. And Alex and I work together on, on a number of NFT deals. But, you know, one interesting thing that I think we're starting to see is the emergence of litigation concerning NFTs, which is not surprising. You know, the typical pace when you have a new technology is you see companies start to you know use this new technology and, and this is a consumer technology. So you see consumers get into it. And there was a, you know, a really gr- big growth in interest in NFTs over the past two years. And at some point, particularly now that we've seen a little bit of a, maybe a pullback in some areas of the consumer market, now you're starting to see litigation. And that's usually triggered by the plaintiff's attorneys who you know, two years ago weren't thinking about NFTs, but all of a sudden they're starting to think, oh, this is interesting. I see that there are NFTs and that people you know, might in some cases have not been happy with what they've received. And so you know, now the plaintiff's attorneys have you know, attention on this. We're starting to, to see more lawsuits. So some of the big interesting examples are, are number one, there are a growing number of lawsuits that we're seeing where people have you know, had loss of assets, NFT assets, 
either by virtue of a phishing attack or a hack on a platform. And we're starting to see lawsuits concerning those. We're starting to see a lot of intellectual property lawsuits, which is very interesting because NFTs have raised a whole host of intellectual property issues. One big litigation that's proceeding that everybody has interest in is the Metaburkins case, where a developer created these uh, NFTs with digital content that resembled very closely uh, the Birkin bag by Hermes. And the question, you know, in that case is, well, what kind of intellectual property rights does Hermes have to make these NFTs? And is, you know, the modification of those intellectual property rights in these Metaburkin NFTs, is that a fair use, particularly under, uh, under a case Rogers v. Grimaldi, which is a very interesting legal issue. There's another very large uh, NFT trademark case going on right now in the Southern District of New York that, that we are involved in, which we, we won't discuss because we're involved in. But suffice it to say, as you would normally expect with a new technology, after the technology is released and everybody gets interested in it and everybody starts using it, after a certain amount of time, you know, inevitably disputes will arise and you will start to see litigation over, over that technology. And we're starting to see that now. Hey, Nick, thanks for uh, having us. This is really exciting uh, to talk about some of these issues that we've been working on for a while now. I guess the only thing I would just add kind of from the 10,000 foot view to your initial question is just, you know, it's, it's been very interesting to see the development of how sophisticated IP owners and rights holders in the sports and media space have addressed NFTs and, you know, how they've got it into the space. I mean, I think initially when we started working on these matters, there was a lot of caution and sort of uncertainty as to what the products looked like and how they were going to be implemented. And, you know, everyone saw a monetization opportunity, obviously, but on the legal side, there was kind of many issues to be thought about and worked through. And what does a contract for these things even look like? And I think over the past year, year and a half, you know, as these deals have developed and now you see more and more rights holders getting involved in the space, we're seeing, I think, some sort of precedent being established and at least, you know, on categories that are, you know, more typical that for an NFT deal that it's been really interesting to us and Michael and I to see that market develop. And, um, you know, I think we're going to see that even more as we, you know, see some of these litigations and disputes play out and more issues pop up potentially with these products. And, you know, it's somewhat of an ongoing learning curve, but uh, it's been really interesting to me to see the development we made over the last year, 18 months. Yeah, thanks for that, guys. I mean, uh, my own take on that, I mean, in terms of litigation, a court action, I think in Europe, we've, I mean, obviously the Hermes case that you've referred to is an important example of the kind of trademark infringement issues that starting to see a rise i would say that you know i'm aware of a number of disputes bubbling under i mean i've not seen anything formal any of these in relation to some of the nft types that we work on particularly in the sports sector where obviously there are a number of stakeholders involved at various elements of the sports value chain there are a lot of issues with regard to the construction of pre-existing arrangements by which folks may or may not have acquired the rights to put NFTs out onto the market. And we're starting to see some quasi-adversarial discussions going on there, but nothing formal that I'm aware of in terms of litigation. I think there is inevitably bound to be some more formal dispute with regard to those issues going forward. We started to see a number of the peripheral issues around 
NFTs making it into either civil or criminal litigation. In the UK, for example, we've had now a situation, the first situation of British officials seizing uh, NFTs in relation to a suspected VAT fraud. So this concerned a scheme by which allegedly suspects were trying to claim back more VAT than that that they were owed using a whole range of allegedly stolen identities and unregistered phones and fake invoices. That is the first case that we're aware of of that sort. The UK courts have also recognised property rights in NFTs formally in the case of Lavinia Deborah Osborne versus Individuals Unknown and Ozone Networks Limited. And then we're seeing, I suppose, across Europe, a number of regulatory interventions now around mechanisms through which NFTs are brought to market. And in particular, I'm mentioning no names, some of the NFT providers have hit issues with regard to regulators in some European territories, in particular the UK and in Switzerland, in relation to the, you know, whether or not the mechanisms through which they're putting NFTs to market could fall foul of gambling regulations. And we're seeing ongoing regulatory interventions in the UK and also in Switzerland with regard to that. And then I guess, you know, the other issue that I'd flag in Europe at the moment is probably that we're starting to see EU regulators get more interested. So we're starting to see the debates coming up on micro-regulation, markets and crypto assets, encompassing issues like whether OpenSea should be subject to further regulation in relation to assessing the risk of illicit finance, that sort of thing. So I suppose that deals with mitigation-type risks. I mean, commercially, what would you say, guys, are the hot topics that you're seeing at the moment, in addition to what we've already spoken about? Does anything leap to mind? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, it, you know, at a high level from a commercial perspective, all the typical contractual provisions that you might deal with in, you know, an IP license agreement certainly come up. But a few that jump up to mind and one we should talk about is secondary sales. And um, obviously, you know, yep. the nature of the NFT and it being on the blockchain means that once it's minted and purchased initially, by a user, they have the ability in many cases to transfer it outside of different ecosystems and, you know, to sell it to a third party. So I think that's sort of a position that, you know, rights holders and IP owners have been grappling with and trying to understand how to get appropriate protections and understand just the technical nature of the blockchain. And I don't know, Michael, if you want to weigh in a little bit, but, you know, we've seen this issue on a lot of commercial matters that we've worked on, and it's been a big focus area. And I think there's some misunderstanding from the, uh, you know, perspective of a rights holder as to what can be done in terms of protections and how, and how you monitor those secondary transactions. But it's been really interesting to try to kind of develop that area of contractual provisions and get to a place that both sides are comfortable with. Yes, it's a longer discussion, which we can probably get more into in, in the full session. But you know, I, I think this is a subset of issues that I've seen on a number of NFT deals, if not most NFT deals, which is and probably you know a lot of blockchain and crypto deals and matters in general, which is that blockchain, NFT, cryptocurrency, you know, these are complex technologies, and there are a lot of misperceptions 
about what they do. And, you know, very often we'll be on an NFT deal and you'll see even both sides have incomplete understandings of, of how NFTs work and, and how blockchains work. And, you know, somewhere on one of the sides, there's usually a developer who, if you bring them into the mix, you know, that, that person will say, oh, this is actually not how these you know, NFTs work. And we need to you know, structure the deal in a way that actually reflects what the NFTs can do and, and how the blockchain works. But you know, right now, there's just a lot of misperceptions floating around about what NFTs can do, what can be done on the blockchain, what smart contracts are, and what they can do. And these misperceptions can be you know, often baked into a deal unless you have you know, either attorneys and or you know developers in the conversation who really understand what the limits of the technology are and what the capabilities of the technology are and who can say oh a- actually this is not a commercial term that is, is actually going to work we should revise it to something else yeah i mean i would certainly echo that on the deals that we're seeing in the uk for sure i mean in terms of other major contracting issues we're seeing i suppose probably two buckets really one there is a clear distinction between the interests of technology companies and the interests of major rights holders with regard to levels of control and access and approval with regard to the nature of the programs, the drops that are going to be made. There is a cultural issue between technology companies and rights holders, which is being played out here. Rights holders inevitably are extremely concerned to make sure that they've got deep levels of control about the nature of what's being put out into the market. You know, price points, content, number and nature of drops, all those sorts of things. They've got their own reputational issues, their own competition issues, and their own commercial issues that they need to address. They've got, in typical cases, the need to ensure there is a fair access to the NFT opportunity across their various stakeholders, you know, where they're leagues they want to make sure there is fair representation of the teams or clubs participating in their events so that whole issue of control is one that you know it requires significant discussion and compromise and understanding on both sides i'll say certainly the secondary market issue is one that has been a key feature in all the deals we've done and i would also say that the issues of Stability of the market and stability of the providers is key. So in many of the major transactions, you will see, you know, very significant minimum guarantees, sometimes equity participations forming part of this deal. And equally alongside that, therefore, you're seeing more and more due diligence being done around the ability to pay and the stability corporately of entities, which means that Inevitably, there is a greater degree of focus on issues around shareholder stability. And so where there is litigation attaching to that, that's something that rights holders have become interested in and concerned about knowing more and understanding the risks that are are likely to entail for the partners that they're dealing with. So I think probably those are the three core issues. And the other commercially, the other interesting things that we're starting to see in the UK at the moment, I mean, Again, with regard to sports and live events, lurking shortly beneath the surface of most of these deals is the interest of NFT providers to get into the ticketing market. You know, clearly there is a huge opportunity to use this technology to 
changed the way that tickets are sold. And we've now seen in the UK a new NFT-powered ticket service, Seat Lab NFT, targeting the secondary market. It'll be interesting to see the impact that that has. I mean, I don't know, folks, on the other side of the Atlantic in relation to ticketing, whether there's anything to say there currently that strikes you as being interesting. There are things like ticketing, and I'm trying to think if I've, if I've done any NFT deals that involve ticketing, but there is definitely a push to figure out and explore other uses of NFTs other than just as you know, digital collectibles tied to a piece of media. And so some of the examples that I've seen that, that I've worked on include NFTs that include real life experiences, like you know you buy this NFT and then and maybe it's associated with media of an artist. You're then entitled to a meet and greet with the artist or tickets. I guess I have seen some of the ticket stuff. The, you know, the NFT automatically confers a right to tickets to a particular event. So I've seen that. There are obviously examples of NFTs that confer membership in some sort of a group, like a Discord group, or the ability to go participate in another type of online community. And this is something I know that a lot of my NFT clients are very interested in, is how do we add to the experience of owning an NFT beyond just use as a digital collectible tied to some piece of media? Another interesting area is you know, a more permanent ownership-like right of certain media. You know, obviously, the typical license associated with an NFT is, you know, a, a right to, you know, view and display the associated media for non-commercial purposes. But increasingly, I, I've seen, and I know that we've seen in the market, NFTs that are being used, particularly with music or video, as some sort of a different license to stream the content or to own the content or to transfer that content. So we are definitely seeing a lot of interesting exploration into all, you know, additional types of utility and uses for NFTs. I agree with that, Michael. Uh, in general, I think the sophisticated sort of rights holders in the U.S., the major leagues and major IP owners in the sports space, you know, the way they slice and dice their rights, I think they're a little resistant to give, you know, one particular partner those rights, you know, all the NFT rights. And we're seeing kind of more niche deals, but I, I think they're focused on monetizing IP right now. And then I think the next wave, at least in the U.S., is going to be what other utility can NFTs offer. So I think that's coming in, in the sports world for sure. Yeah, I mean, I would echo that. I mean, certainly what we're seeing in the major NFT deals that we're doing is uh, an interest on the part of the technology companies to combine NFT offerings with real world value, you know, availability of hospitality, availability of tickets, availability of other benefits, merchandise, that sort of thing. The difficulty always is in that context the compatibility of those arrangements with the other supplier sponsor arrangements, the other partnership arrangements, which the rights holders have done. And invariably in this market, you see NFTs cutting across in one respect or another, pretty much everybody's space because everybody's looking at the metaverse and how they might get involved in it. And so the mixture of digital and physical benefits under these contracts creates a significant degree of overlap and of interest difficulty with some of the other arrangements that the major rights holders have got, which makes the discussions more difficult around those. I'm told that that phenomena is called digital now, the combination of physical and digital assets. There's a word for everything in this space. 
All right, listen, I think that we've had a good discussion today about a variety of the commercial regulatory issues that are current, some of the new issues that are emerging in terms of EU regulation, and uh, hopefully it whets folks' appetites for the longer discussion we're going to be having later on in the year at our sector event. So we look forward to welcoming you to our longer discussion at that stage. And uh, I want to thank the speakers for their participation today. So thank you for listening. And we look forward to welcoming you to our session later in the year. Thank you very much, Nick. Thanks, everyone. Cheerio. Bye-bye.